The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Great to have you in. Welcome to Monday. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and you. We are loaded up. Busy weekend in Nebraska football news. The uh, smiling part of me is like, all right, let's get going with some high school ball. That has been cleared by the NSAA for this fall as we speak. Good news there. Elijah is still rocking the mustache. Full weekend of umping for you. Junior's team got uh, eliminated probably a little early, but a good team beat them in state. And want to tip my cap and say thanks to the folks at Tyson's Treasure Chest and Earl Boy Searles. Had a good uh, good weekend with that on Saturday as we were on location. Uh, let's get to it. Greg Smith is about five minutes away. Hale Varsity Recruiting Insider, his take on where the 2021 class sits. Uh, Marquise Buford is in, and he'll be with us in about 15 minutes. The top prep school player in the country, the athlete Nebraska, getting his commitment from on uh, this weekend. Uh, Kudos to Elijah for lining that up today. Uh, Charlie McBride in one hour. And then a new podcast launches tomorrow. It's not sports, but it's a Navy SEAL which is really, really cool. Cade Courtley is going to be with us in the 5 o'clock hour. Can You Survive It is the name of his podcast that will drop tomorrow. And uh, excited to chat with a man who served and protected our country uh, with the Navy SEALs, was also a SEAL instructor. So that's coming up in about an hour and a half. You can join us at 466-37. 7646637768800825 numbers to get in give us a follow on twitter at schmidt underscore radio for chris schmidt at herbal essence for elijah herbal and uh, as always follow espn lincoln at espn lincoln at hail varsity and uh, we are good to go really like this film on buford uh just a really quick twitch athlete that I was pretty wowed by what I saw on the offensive side of the ball but defensively the guy can can do a lot of things at safety and at corner and uh, he's a big time get for Nebraska he also uh, lost uh, Jaden Francois I know you guys covered that a little bit on Friday which was not a a good thing for Nebraska another Florida product the four-star guy that is uh is, is leaving the program, and then we'll eventually get to the J.D. Spielman news uh, as he is off to TCU. So we'll get a hold of Greg Smith, get his take on uh, Buford, 
on Francois and uh, where Nebraska's at. So the Huskers do have some work going already for the 2022 class, specifically at quarterback. Uh, I'm anxious to, to hear more about Winslet. Uh, Winslet, rather, uh, Gavin Winslet. He's out of Kentucky, and uh, he's a guy that got a over-the-phone offer from Super Mario over the weekend, and uh, he was pretty excited about getting that offer from Nebraska. So the Huskers, despite COVID uh, 2020, are uh, keeping things rolling on the recruiting train. We welcome in uh, Nebraska football insider recruiting specialist Greg Smith from HailVarsity.com and Magazine. Mr. Greg, uh, good to spend a few minutes with you. I need a thought from you first on California shutting down football till the spring. What does that do to Nebraska? What does that do to recruiting along with the JUCO remnants? Well, I, I am still, first of all, good. I'm glad to be on. Glad to be Talk back. Talk to you again, right man. Weekend. Yeah, um, I am still kind of unwinding and I'm kind of wrapping what's happening here um, with California deal. There's a lot here. Um, with them pushing back into the spring, spring for them um, being, you know, December and January, and then um, I think they listed out where the state championships would be April 17th mm-hmm. at the latest in 2021. So, I mean, that's going to throw a huge monkey wrench into a lot of things as it comes to recruiting. As you know, California produces a huge amount of um, just Division One prospects alone, um, over 150 by my count, roughly, um, in just the last year alone, uh, or last recruiting cycle alone. And so what I think you're going to see right away is some of the top guys, the cream of the crop, are just going to say, hey, we're not going to stick around uh, for the second semester of football year. We're just going to enroll early at our college of choice if we've already been on track to do that. Um, and it's going to put teams in kind of a unique position because, you know, if you've got some five-star quarterback that you were hoping was going to lead you to a state championship, he's suddenly not going to be there. Um, or even, you know, it doesn't have to be a five-star. It can be, a, you know, with quarterbacks especially, we've seen, um, you know, lower-rated guys go and enroll early just because that's the thing to do now. So it's going to throw a lot of monkey wrenches into plans. And I do wonder, though, are, is the NTA going to have to do something with signing day just because of California making this move alone? If a season in California doesn't finish until April, and that's obviously after the two signing periods, how will guys that have not committed to teams and pick schools then sign with teams? I think that that's a huge piece of the puzzle um, that the NTA is going to have to work with these different states to try and figure out. It kind of comes down to musical chairs, doesn't it? I mean, is that is that the reality we're staring at for a lot of the 2021 kids? Yeah, it could be because, I mean, what if, as you said that, I just thought of something else, what if the NTA says, hey, if you can still sign and then you can still play later on. Like, I don't know, maybe you just have to figure out a way you have to commit um, before you then play your senior season. But I've seen a, a growing amount of high school coaches, trainers, parents, what have you on social media saying these last couple of days, hey, if you've got a committable offer that you really like this school and you could see yourself being there, you need to go ahead and, and get your spot locked up because you just have no idea where things are going. And that was before this California decision. Um, 
Um, so if I were those kids, I would definitely steer away from kind of what we call playing the game and seeing what's going to happen because you just don't know what things are going to look like even a week from now. Greg Smith with us talking recruiting Hale Varsity Radio. Greg, I'm going to throw out a name, and uh, it's in reference to Marquise Buford. Is there, is there a little Dijon Gomes in him? Is that a fair comparison? Oh, I like I like that comparison. That that is a good comparison. Um, a kid that you, when you first think of, of Dejon Gomes, you'd rather think of, hey, he was a really good football player, right? You couldn't necessarily, especially coming out of school uh, or coming into Nebraska, pinpoint um, the best thing that he did. But he was really good at a lot of different things, and I think that Buford um, fits that mold. As he's a guy that has starred in high school um, on both sides of the ball at wide receiver and at cornerback, um, return kicks and punts for his team down in Texas as well as they won back to back state champions. Um, I think it's a really good comp, but I think he's another guy that fits really well into what Travis Fisher is trying to do in that defense backfield. Kids that are going to be coachable, that work hard, um, that are going to just show up to work every day. I, I like Buford's upside. Buford, I was you know watching his film, and I'm like, this guy's sweet on offense. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> just throw him an out route in the slot and let him pick up about 20 after the catch and then i saw his defensive film where he's playing press he's off in still in man but but off off coverage he'll do some zone and he can he can be a slot corner he can he can work it at safety the kid tack you know what i'm not trying to build him up to be the, the next uh you know woodson but the kid tack he the kid tackled so well and he's played at a high level i mean when you look at trinity christian that level of ball and, and what he's doing at a prep school that it's a, it's, a, it's a pretty good prep school. I mean, Elante Brown is from there as well. And, and we'll talk to, to Buford here in about 10 minutes. But what a find by Nebraska. And he's, he's the number one rated uh, athlete in prep school. And I'm interested. I mean, the guy could have gone after he graduated from, from, from Trinity. But he went to prep school. And he's just kind of a, an uber competitor. And, and he's just, I know it's a highlight film, but the guy does a great job of just finding the football and knocking it down or picking it off. And his reaction to tipped balls, be it on offense or defense, the way he tracks that football is super impressive on his film. Yeah, it definitely is. And I think he, he definitely is a kid that has an impressive highlight reel. I would be really curious about like how much he can even grow into playing cornerback um, and playing defense, you know, going through this prep school year and being able to focus solely on that. Um, because that's one of, I think, kind of the hidden benefits to being able to take that prep school year, especially now that he's committed to a school and is slated in to play defensive back here. Um, he can get real good uh, specific instruction on that and really focus in at home on his own as crap, um, that can only help him moving forward. Greg, I'm not necessarily talking about Marquise Buford here, but would Nebraska let a guy like this go both ways? If he was, if he likes offense and had some talent on the offensive end, especially in the high school, do you think that Nebraska could be open to letting a guy go play both sides of the ball? I don't think that they would. I don't think the staff would be opposed to it. 
uh, it would be a lot for someone to handle, and it's, you just don't see it all that much around the country anymore. Uh, but I don't think that they would be opposed to it. Uh, this He would be the type of kid that would be able to do a little bit of both, um, where he could at least have some sort of special package where he comes in and can play some offense. Uh, but I don't, I don't know if they would prefer that to be his primary focus coming in. I think he'd want to focus on defense, but I don't think that they would be completely against it. Well, and, and let's just kind of look at that receiver room as is now, and I know it needs to prove it on the field, but what, what Nebraska has been able to accumulate, specifically the last recruiting class, there's a lot of slot receivers or guys that can split out that good luck fighting your way to get some catches or touches on that depth chart, right, Greg? I mean, there's already some guys there that that is their primary position, but I hear what you're saying, Elijah, because it was his film's pretty special on both sides of the football. Yeah, I, yes, I, I definitely agree with that. And ultimately, that's what you want, right? You want it to be to where if, if Buford or whoever it was going to be, like Elijah said, down the road was able to come in and actually do that and play both ways, it would have to be because they were just so special and you couldn't keep them off the field, not because it's just a straight lack of depth situation. And they are building more towards that um, because they've definitely done a really nice job of bringing in um, a different amounts of receivers over the last couple of years. Greg, uh, a thought here on, on Francois uh, departing Nebraska, another big-time get in the 2020 class, and you look at Gray and, and where he ended up. What, what's your read on, on Francois? And I know that I, I go back to the signing day phone call and text message. This is a kid that Nebraska did great work just getting him out of Florida, and I know he was an early enrollee, but some kids just want to end up staying closer to home, you know? Yeah, it's a tough one, and I'm glad you brought up what I was going to go with, which is the the signing day situation, um, which is not, I mean, it's a little uncommon of how long that one went. We were all watching it, um, and I still feel stressed out from Mm -hmm. that, thinking back to it. So it's not super uncommon, but what you hope is is that when a guy then gets to Nebraska's campus and he gets in the program, um, that he starts to get really comfortable, and you you don't have any issues after that. I wonder if the whole situation with COVID and and just everything kind of being up in the air and in flux didn't really impact him because, of course, after going through part of that sem- his first semester of college and going through winter conditioning, um, then everyone gets sent home. Maybe you go home and just kind of get used to being home and realize that you really miss it and don't think that you want to really stick it out back in Lincoln. Um, it- it's really just a tough situation. It's hard to really forecast for that. It's just tough when you – it feels like you had them back-to-back with also the Henry Gray situation. I don't know if it's caused for like sounding alarms on Travis Fisher or Florida recruiting or anything like that. Um, but it is definitely something worth monitoring to make sure that when Nebraska is getting these guys here, especially because they, they both were early enrollees, um, that they're making sure that they're completely comfortable and welcome once they get here. Greg, I got a minute. Tell us about the 2022 offer at quarterback Gavin Wimsett. Get out of Kentucky. Uh, what, what impressions do you have? Yeah, the kid who's big, um, the kid that's going into his junior year of high school um, at six foot three, two hundred pounds already, um, who also was highly productive um, as a sophomore, starting on varsity with forty three total touchdowns. Um, he's got some really nice offers already, including Nebraska now throwing their hat in the ring. I think that he's got national recruits um, written all over him. I talked to him briefly. He was not all that familiar with Nebraska yet, um, but he did know what I think most people would want him to know at this point is being from Kentucky. 
Kentucky, Wandale Robinson is from there as well. Um, so I'm sure Wandale will be bending his ear as well. Um, I think Nebraska did good to get out in front of him early uh, in the process because there's going to be plenty of suitors after him um, over the next year. The legend of Wandale, right? I mean, it's just, uh, it's it's part of Kentucky. You got uh, Kentucky hoops, you have Jack Daniels, you have Wandale Robinson. I mean, <laughs> that's kind of the, the trifecta, man. And maybe my, my order's wrong. 30 seconds, where are we at on Fedoni Watch? Oh, I think he's going to continue. Now, I said earlier that he is that everybody should take a look at committing if you've got offers that you like. Um, he is not necessarily in that boat because no one's going to give his spot away. Um, so I think he's still content to go ahead and wait as long as he wants to. I think he wants to see when or if there's a decision made about official visits in the fall. Um, that's, I think, the only thing that will speed up his timetable if there's announcements that there's not going to be official visits. Are you hearing anything? Is the NCAA going to keep just extending this dead period? I, I'm not hearing anything. I feel like reading the tea leaves that we're moving towards not having them. I don't know that for sure, mm-hmm. uh, but I would be surprised. I would be more surprised if we do get official visits than not. I'll, I'll say that at this point, um, just based on all the precautions that they're having to take to even get games going, um, I, I, I just have a hard time imagining that we get them. Greg Smith, recruiting insider, HailVarsity.com and magazine. Follow Greg on Twitter at Greg Smith HV and. He'll uh, have some thoughts on uh, Buford's commitment. Uh, Greg, thanks for spending a few minutes with us earlier in the show. We'll do this again this week. Thanks for the time, man. Hey, thanks as always, man. You guys have a good week. All right. Uh, That is Greg Smith. We will talk to the newest Nebraska recruit for 2021, Marquise Buford, up next on Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, Tail Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, newest commit for Nebraska football. Marquise Buford is with us. Marquise, thanks for a few minutes. How are you today? I'm doing great, and yourself? Doing all right, man. Thanks for uh, a few minutes. All right, I, I, before we get into the process of, of picking Nebraska, who had all the creative control with your video, man? That was a good video. Take us through that. So, my guy, um, Jay Lit, he he's he lives in Texas, right? I'm probably around thirty to forty five minutes away from me. But it's actually a coincidence. Um he's going to be attending Nebraska as well with the media crew. So it was like a great collab and it was perfect time because he actually leaves for Nebraska in a few days. Okay, so a guy you knew and it, it kinda came together and People love the video, and then you fire the mask up. <laughs> yes, sir. Had to for the. Um, it was just something original. I hadn't really seen anyone like pertain their videos from anything that had to do with the COVID situation or now in quarantine. So I thought the mask would be something, you know, a little bit different than like a hat or a shirt to spice up the video a little bit. I thought that mask was hilarious. Probably my favorite part of the video. Uh, I just got to ask, was, was that was that your idea or was that Jay Litt's idea? No, nah, that was actually my mom's idea. My mom and dad came up with that part of the video. So we can thank them for that creative idea. Marquise right, Buford's with us on Hale Varsity. Okay, you had nearly 30 offers. Uh, you're the top athlete in prep school. How did Nebraska stick out? Why did Nebraska stick out? Honestly, the coaching staff, they did – I'll say the coaching staff was the first part at least. 
they did an amazing job um, not only recruiting me, but they did a great job speaking with my parents on a daily basis as well. And I feel like that was really the difference maker, making them, my parents, feel like a place where they could call home as well. If anything ever happened, they had to come there or anything like that. And they felt very comfortable sending their son, which is me, mm-hmm. over to Lincoln, which is 10 hours away from Texas. So that was a, definitely a deal breaker. Then the fan base on top of that, I got to say, greatest fan base I've ever experienced in my life, honestly. And them reaching out, giving me words of encouragement, and even telling me from time to time, hey, if you even if you don't come here, we're still going to be rooting for you and we'll have the utmost respect for the decision you make. I think that was the greatest thing I've heard from any fans throughout college football. Marquise, uh, your time in Lincoln, there was a July weekend. You took a trip. You hung out with Alante Brown. You hung out with Cam Taylor Britt. How did that trip kind of shake out and – what was your experience like when you made the trip? Because, I mean, th- there aren't official visits now, man, because of, of this pandemic, but guys on their own can, can drive up to Lincoln. So take us through what, what you did and what impressions were made. Um, honestly, me and my family, we wanted to see what Lincoln would be like without football. And that was the biggest part of the trip, basically going around the town, you know, getting to see – the different venues that they had. I know the Malcolm X home was there and everything like that. And then, you know, seeing the type of people that were around the city, everybody was very kind, everyone. And this was without anyone knowing, like, who I was or that I was a recruiter or anything. Mm -hmm. So that definitely stood out while we were there. And then on top of that, it's not too – Lincoln is not too big, but it's not too small. It's like the perfect size for what – it's going on there, and I feel like that was the biggest aspect that stood out to me when we took that trip down there, that without football, and if I wasn't to be playing football, I would still love to live in Lincoln, Nebraska. When we are looking at the football field, though, where did these, this Husker, uh, where's this Husker coaching staff see you fitting into the team? What, what role do they want you to play? Uh, is it defense? Is it offense? I assume it's defense, but... So... They've told me that they want me playing predominantly defense. So if I was there, when I get there, I'll be, you know, playing defense and everything. But seeing throughout high school, I was always on starting on both sides of the football, all state for offense and defense. They told me that, you know, if the time comes, they might throw me on offense a little bit in certain packages and different stuff like that. So, that was another thing that stood out to me, um, that they wanted to use my versatility. And they don't just, like, want to box me in one category or anything like that. They want to, you know, do whatever it takes to win football games. And that's one thing I love about this coaching staff. Tell me a little bit about your personality. I mean, on a scale of 1 to 10, what's your competitiveness level like? <laughs> and also from a... From a, from a leadership standpoint, how, how do you help lead or how do you use your voice on either side of the football? How have you in, in your prep days? So, honestly, um, 
my competitiveness is probably like a thousand out of ten. I okay. hate to lose, and that's like with anything, like even just the video game, Madden, Uno, Connect Four, <laughs> Tic Tac Toe. I want to win, and I want to win like big. And honestly, my leadership skills, I'm. I guess you can say I, I try not to be a rowdy, rowdy, all in your face, screaming at you guys. But like, I'm more of like a low key. Like, if you mess up on something, I'm not going to put you on blast in front of everyone. I'm going to, like, walk up to you, have a conversation with you, and keep it between us. Like, that's not everyone's business. And then I also like to lead by example. Being, you know, first in sprints, different stuff like that, always the first to the weight room, last one leaving the field and everything like that. I feel like that's another great leadership uh, trait that I have as well. Marquise Buford's with us, uh, new commit for Nebraska, part of the 2021 class, uh, athlete, uh, can play in that secondary, can catch the football and, and go uh, to the house after the catch. What do you like What do you like better? Because, I mean, Elijah and I are talking to open the show up, and I'm like, man, there's an out route, you catch it, and then you're, you're gone. You, you can shake tackles. You also do a good job of uh, finding the football defensively, intercepting it, or forcing fumbles, and there's a lot of kids that that in, in high school are just bigger and stronger, and, and you have great size as well, but you do a good job of tackling, I guess is my point, to, to completely butter you up. So back to the original question, do you like offense or defense better? Uh, this, is a, this has been a question that I've been asked all throughout high school. Um, I honestly have to say I love defense, and – I would definitely play defense over offense any day, strictly because I feel like it's a way better way to channel my aggression. You know, offense, um, you can always go out and block the DB, but there's literally no better feeling than hitting somebody that has the football, especially when they're bigger than you. You know, it just gives you another type of (laughs) feeling going through your body like, dang. I just hit this 6'5", tight end, 225, different things like that, or this running back that's stacked with all these offers and different stuff like that. And also on the defensive ball, I feel like I can control what happens with me better. You know, on offense, you can't dictate whether or not you're going to get the ball or not every play. But on defense, you can go 100% and make a play every single play. So I would definitely say I like the defensive side of the ball better. Are there any high-level football players? I'm talking high-level Division One or NFL players that you like to model your game after. Ooh, definitely. So it since I play a lot of different positions on defense, I'll say when I'm at corner, I can definitely see myself being like Jalen Ramsey. I like to, I love actually to get in the receiver's head you know, try to get him out of his game and everything like that. As far as safety, I would definitely have to go to say it's in between Ed Reed and Troy Palomahu strictly because how I feel like even with all my, like, athletic ability and everything, I'm always trying to think the game three steps ahead of the quarterback and reading everything that he does and the whole offense with that, reading my keys and everything like that. I feel like that's definitely what separates me and where, like, I relate to those two, Troy Palomahu and Air Reed, a lot. 
You listed both Jalen Ramsey and Ed Reed, who are both known to be some great trash talkers. Do you like talking a little trash on <laughs> the field? Look, it depends. Now, if I'm playing like a, if I'm playing a receiver, you know, that's not really doing that much talking. He's just playing his game and stuff like that. I, I might give him a little pass on the trash talk, just lock him up and everything. But as soon as I come across that receiver that, oh, I'm this, I'm that, then that's when I got to get in their head. <laughs> Marquise Buford's with us. Marquise, uh, last thought. Uh, Tell me a little bit about your, your timeline and just where you're at with, with football here as you get ready for, for next season. How are things shaping up for you to be able to play? I mean, do you, do you have much direction yet because of this pandemic? Um, so as of right now, I'm still supposed to be going up to Connecticut at St. Thomas More to play my prep school season. I leave, I'm supposed to be leaving for Connecticut August 25th and getting down there, and we're supposed to get straight to work. Um, as of right now, they haven't given us any details as far as when, if we're going to have a season or anything like that. But if it's, as of right now, we're still doing Zoom calls, sending in our workout videos into Google Classroom so our coaches can, you know, make sure that we're doing everything we're supposed to be doing. So as of right now, we're still set to have a full season and once the season is over I'll be enrolling at Nebraska in January. Marquise a last thought what what's the vision what did Scott Frost communicate to you vision wise for this program what's he wanted to be? Uh, we're look we're definitely trying to get back to that old school Nebraska football and he's definitely communicated very vividly that he wants to be back to that program, the winning program, national championships, consecutive years in a row type program. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to do everything on my end to do that, work hard, be a great leader, you know, follow the game plan very clearly. And shoot, we're definitely going to be back there in the next few years. Marquise Buford. Marquise, this was fun. We'll chat again. Thanks for a few minutes with us. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. Marquise Buford with us. Uh, top prep athlete in the country. Nebraska got a, a good one. Check his film out. It's fantastic. We'll continue on Hour 1 Hail Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And we're back. Fellas, think we could listen to the radio? On Hail Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome. Hey, big thanks to Marquise Buford. That was a fun chat. That'll get posted shortly. ESPN Lincoln.com, the on-demand section in Hale Varsity. That'll also be on, if it's not already, posted shortly on the ESPN Lincoln Twitter handle. So you can check that out if you, if you just got parts of it. Want to remind you about West Blue Realty. 2020 could be the year you move. And if you're looking for a residential home, in Lincoln and the surrounding areas. West Blue can help out and make this a painless transition. You mentioned Hale Varsity, and uh, West Blue Realty can provide you up to $1,000 on the closing of your next home purchase. Tom Luby is there to take a phone call from you. Give Tom a shout at 402-540-3768 or Kelly Hofschneider. Kelly's there to make a help uh, you with a decision as well and can make that process painless at 
2312. It pays to work with West Blue. WestBlueRealty.com. Get an appointment today with West Blue Realty, 1120 K Street, Suite 200. So that was uh, pretty insightful by Marquise Buford. Set to head back up to Connecticut to play that prep season. He'll have five years at Nebraska, four years to play. And some insight there, uh, not only on his time with Coach Frost, but also just what he's all about as a player from a competitiveness and a leadership style. And just a really good-looking athlete at six foot, uh, just shy of 200 pounds. Uh, really a good ball hawk. And he's got that smile in his voice when he talks about offense. But he's kind of got that ferocity uh, when it comes to to playing defense. And good ball player. Nice, nice get for Nebraska. And Coach Fisherman and Coach Chenander, the way they've teamed up to really examine what they want on the defensive side of the ball and I know uh, we're excited about the Farmers and the Noah Pola Gateses that we hope to see this fall. You've got some good kids in the wings as well as you look at the 2021 class, at least two of the defensive backs they've been able to get. Buford just sounds like a guy that wants to see the field no matter how he gets on the field, uh, whether that's as a returner on offense, on defense. Uh, he said he just wants to win football games, and that's what he likes about the staff. And uh, that's what I like to hear is this a guy who is competitive, wants to come and win football games, and says that he loves that the coaching staff will do what it takes to win football games. So do we see him on offense? My vote right now is probably no. Um, but can we see him as a returner and punts and kicks? I, I sure hope so. Maybe even more than special teams. I, I'm really excited for this kid. You have uh, some news to, to get into. First and foremost, Rutgers, they will not allow fans in the stands. That The edict from the New Jersey governor. So there is that. We don't know what the future holds with Nebraska's game against Rutgers. Can it still happen? Yeah. Are you going to do it in front of fans? No. At least today, that's been the ruling. And the NSAA uh, is preparing to begin the 2020 fall sports schedule uh, the way it's currently scheduled. And here's the, 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 the statement here from NSAA and the NSA is preparing to begin the 2020 fall sports season as uh, currently scheduled. First practices for football, volleyball, cross country, girls, golf, boys, tennis, and softball set to go on August 10th. So the health and safety of the students and participants and coaches and officials has been uh, the priority as they work to provide activities to the member schools. This will not change and modifications may have to be made. Please be understanding and flexible as we continue to try to navigate through this pandemic. We'll continue to work with the governor's office, the Nebraska Department of Education, and local health departments to make the best decisions for your students and our member schools. So to be able to start the activities on time, uh, the leaders need to step forward when it comes to the best practice. And it's recommend and the recommendation uh, of the NSA that schools should do the following when it comes to practices. Keep all activities, practices, and scrimmages in-house to avoid interaction with other teams. Wear masks when not in competition. Keep groups small and attendance recorded. Wash your hands regularly. Disinfect equipment regularly. Stay home if you don't feel well. 
and stay home if someone in your household tests positive for COVID. The uh, ultimate goal is to return to school, have a full, productive, healthy season, and create a great experience for the students. Please help them achieve this goal. So when we are talking about uh, the Kentucky quarterback Nebraska offered, I screwed up and mistakenly said Jack Daniels was part of Kentucky. I have now been banned in Kentucky and in Tennessee because, of course, the Jack Daniels distillery is in Tennessee. I was thinking Jim Beam and said Jack Daniels. Do we want to do this? Do what? Yeah? Sure. All right. John's with us. John, welcome into Hale Varsity. Go ahead. Wait. I called in last week and talked to your call screen. You asked, you know, why it was taking so long. And I, I mentioned that college football is the training ground for professional football. And I think that the professional football is going to need to subsidize college football programs, which subsidize all of the other sports. Someone's going to need to write a check is what you're saying. Yeah. And I also feel in conferences that some schools, even though they may be better than other schools, don't have quite as much money that there should be a loaning the money to these other schools from the pot, like of the big, you know, the big 10. And then over years that they can pay that back, you know, to the conference, you know, I just think, uh, you know, this is, this is very, very important. And I know, my family have have been contributors since the 30s to Nebraska football and you know not just tickets but contributors mm-hmm. sure. and i'm just just wanting to have some you know some clarity uh, some some you know some clairvoyance uh, on what's going to happen with the tickets this year you know if they want to keep my money till next year that's okay but people are going to want to know who's going to get to come if you know there's going to be some football and spectators are allowed. You know, I just think that's only John. Let's let me jump in, John. Let, let's walk down this for two seconds. I sure, think, I, I think who's going to get to go first and foremost is up to the fans that feel comfortable going and accept whatever mandates there are. That means if you're going to have to sure. mask up to sit in the South end zone, six feet apart from your buddy, <laughs> so be it. The other part of it is, and they'll probably look pretty hard at this, is how much do you contribute? How long have you contributed? If you've got a family that's working on 80 years plus of being donors to the university, you'll probably have a first crack. Now, if you're not willing or capable or you're all good with it, whatever you choose to do, you know, that that's just it. There's so much in the air right now with, sure, with the Big sure. Ten schedule. And who's going to be a part of that schedule? Do you go 10? Do you stick to 9? That that all needs to come out, all right? And this stupid virus needs to go away, or the numbers need to slow down, honestly, between now and the end of August. So uh, let's see if that happens. John, thanks for your input. I hope you hey, hear good you news. Thank you very much. I enjoy your show. Take care. Uh-huh. I hope you hear good news on whether or not you can be in the stands for Nebraska. That snuck up on me. We'll wind down our one. Hail Varsity continues. And now. And now, back to Hail Varsity Radio. What final time this hour? Charlie McBride, Mr. Blackshirt. Mondays with Charlie, 10 minutes away. And then 
Navy SEAL, and uh, going to be a podcast you want to check out that drops tomorrow. Cade Courtley will be with us. His podcast uh, will be on several different platforms, and uh, it'll be something you need to uh, to hear. Can you survive this podcast? Is the title of it? He'll lean on some of his experiences as a Navy SEAL and Navy SEAL trainer, and uh, he'll bring in some of the 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 best and biggest experts. His uh, initial interview tomorrow, and we'll talk with Cade Courtley at five twenty five is going to be a uh, chat with a member of SEAL Team 6, Rob O'Neill, that took down, was in the room and took down Bin Laden. So that's getting things kicked off for Cade Courtley and Can You Survive This Podcast. What a way to start. Yeah. And and Cade's service to our country is legendary. did work with the CIA. So this dude's a stud. Uh, excited to chat with him. I went to high school uh, with the kid, actually, and I, I can't reveal his name. It's classified at the moment, technically. Uh, but he is made it through Navy SEAL training and is a SEAL. And he really can't tell us all that much about what he what does. What they do. Yeah. What he does, where he is, where he's going. So I'm excited to talk with uh, with Cade coming up next hour and kind of get some insight. Yeah, yeah. We'll uh, for sure spend a good 15 minutes or so with Cade Courtley. Reminder, uh, the rail yard, Taste of the Rail Yard, is going to be going on August 8th and August 29th, and that's a chance for you to uh, head on down to the rail yard, see the good folks, uh, and also the many local breweries and wineries, and it's really, we could try trying them all uh, on a little, you know, tour. Or you could go to the rail yard and, and have them there for you to sample and sip away on. And uh, if you're uh, big into uh, beer and wine, yes is my answer. Be sure to check this out. Going to be August 8th at 3 p.m. and also August 29th. It's 10 bucks. How do you get in? It's real easy. You log on uh, to the railyard.com and uh, make it happen that way. Going to be some live music down there. Lemon Fresh Day also shoot to thrill going to be performing on august 29th and uh, the railyard.com is where you go to get your seats for this august 8th august 29th two events one great concept and that's uh, a, a night of sipping away in a, in a great way a wine and beer for you the uh, the wine and beer enthusiast we'll uh, get coach mcbride's thoughts on Spielman and TCU. I'm. I think it was a really cool gesture by Spielman to to go to Instagram like he did, and post a thank you for a guy that's as quiet as he is typically. That was pretty nice of him to uh, to reach back out to Nebraska fans and say thank you, say thank you to his teammates, and continue to underline the importance of mental health. And I think is is wide open. As TCU's offense is as good as Dugan had that first year down at TCU, the Council Bluffs quarterback. JD's been cleared to play ball. I hope they get to play ball. Yeah, and he tweeted out that at times last year he was 30 pounds underweight because of some issues he was dealing with. So hopefully this fresh start's good for him and he's back up to the football player we're used to seeing. Yeah, well, he, he was fearless on the field. Always went over the middle, made a play. Coach McBride's next hour, too, on the way with Hale Varsity.
Welcome to Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hail Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Thanks for spending time. It's Hour 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Good stuff from uh, Nebraska's newest commit, uh, Marquise Buford, the top prep athlete uh, in the country and going to play uh, maybe both sides of the ball for Nebraska, but for sure somewhere in their secondary. And uh, we welcome in uh, Mr. Blackshirt himself. Mondays with Charlie. Coach Charlie McBride joins us. Coach, how's your Monday going? I'm good. It's beautiful. The weekend was humid and lovely, and you know, it was but it was hot as heck. And today it's really nice. Uh, low 80s, a little bit of a breeze, kind of yeah, that nice temp off the lake. Right. That's good, that's right. man. That is good. You, you catch any fish today or this weekend? No, I just I put all the tools away. <laughs> I'm gonna rest a couple of days. I did all my work in the hot weather. That wasn't real smart, I guess. Well, you, uh, you, you're tough enough to do it. You're not scared of the hot weather, so I, I, I get it. So I got to ask <laughs> you, uh, when you were looking at, at kids to play defense for Nebraska and you're trying to kind of figure out where they can fit with what you wanted to do, Mm-hmm. And you have kids that were super talented on offense as well. Was it a tough conversation? And I'm going to bring up two names that were really incredible running backs in high school that were phenomenal defensive players for you. Ralph Brown and <laughs> Ralph Brown and Mike Brown were both all world running backs, but they were great, great players defensively. Was it tough to tell mm-hmm. them this is where you no. can thrive defensively? Well, I think Ralph was leaning toward defense anyway. You know, I think he felt more comfortable playing defense. And, you know, he's the only freshman I know that started from day one when I was there. Yeah. Uh, you know, and was <clears throat> played all all four years for us. Uh, Mike was both, a, he was the player of the year in Arizona on both sides of the ball. Jeez. And, you know, and I, I don't I don't. I don't think Mike really, really cared, but I think he kind of was leaning toward defense too. Uh, I think he just felt better. I think he, you know, he wasn't a big guy, and uh, you know, he was, you know, he he was probably the best tackler that came into Nebraska that I know of. You know, right off the bat. I mean, he was very, very good, good tackler, and I think that that made a big difference in him. He. He knew that in high school. I mean, he probably was told that that's what the things you see on film. Mm-hmm. You know, he was, you know, never, never out of position. Plus the fact that my, he might have been the smartest kid that that we had. I mean, he was uh, one of those guys when he went to the NFL. I told these guys they were a little worried about his size and da da da. You know how that goes. And I said, well. Just, I'll tell you one thing. As soon as about, about three weeks in the camp, he'll be telling your veterans where to line up. This guy called me on the phone and said, "You were right." <laughs> but, so, so 
So, but that's that's how he was. He 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 was a great team. Both of them were great team players. I mean, it was something, and they kind of were. I had planned to maybe evacuate a year sooner. Both of them came in the office and asked me if I'd stay. And I was having, uh, my house wasn't ready. The kids didn't have my house done in Arizona and stuff like that. So it wasn't hard. So I kind of hung in there for another year and uh, saw those guys out. And, of course, that May 99 may have been the best defense altogether that, that, that maybe we had, you know, at Nebraska when I really think back because, you know, you had kids like, Guys that were really team people like Steve Warren and, you know, Wiltz, Jason Wiltz, and some of these guys that all, you know, played for us, Kaiser, and a lot, there was a lot of guys at that team that, uh, you know, really, really were players. Well, so that, you know, that's the, those two guys, you know, if you, if you were going to say the top players that I am, have ever been around or coaching, those guys would be on that list. Yeah. Charlie McBride's with us, Hale Varsity Radio, Mondays with Charlie. To, to kind of zoom out on, on the athlete point of things, did you look specifically for kids that played multiple sports or had a track background uh-huh. or, or yeah. wrestling? Yeah. I mean, did you have a preference? Yeah. Did you want a wrestling guy over a track guy, or did you care? Oh, well, no, no we liked them to play sports. Sure. I mean, it was really important. I mean, you know, you go back to Tom Rathman, who was a hurdler, you know, in high school, and, and then turned around and went down to high jump. You know, so, you know, it was it was one of those things with really, the wrestling part of it is really something that, for linemen especially because they learn to balance. Their balance is so good. And Kerry Weinmaster, who I first, when I first went there, he was a, you know, a state champion in wrestling. And and that was one of his big pluses. But you find out, you know, how many of these guys wrestled when you really talk to them about it, and a ton of them did. And and I think especially defensively, you know, you don't get knocked off your feet a lot because you've got good balance and and stuff like that. And you look at the kid that came in from South Dakota. That's here's a guy twice the size of Winemaster and and can do the things he could do in high school. You know, I would guess that he's going to be really a good player. Yeah, the old polar bear's coming in, ready to lift some yeah. weight, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know if he can lift the stadium or not, but he's pretty close. He's working on it. Charlie McBride's <laughs> with us Mondays with Charlie Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, uh, the the NSAA here in in Nebraska has said things are moving forward to have a high school fall season. That's for football, and that's for the other fall sports. The state of California has pushed back football and their fall sports to start in spring, which is end of December into January. So it's going to be kind of a mess for for California. What are the coaches going through, in your estimation, to, to recruit to, to scout and to, to ID kids because there are some kids, right, that, listen, yeah. some senior film is, is still out there that you, you may want to take a look at. You may not get that film now. Yeah, I well, it, that's, that's going to be a tough deal. And, and uh, you know, you're going to have to sit down and find out what each 
each area is doing, and then you're going to have to adjust your recruiting according to that. And I mean, I'll tell you what, it'll be it'll be a chess match. I mean, it will be that kind of thing. And I, you know, I'm really glad that Nebraska is going to go ahead and and do it. I think that, uh, you know, you're you're really. Uh, you know, I don't want to get into the medical. I'm not a doctor, right, right, sure, right. But you really, you really, you really wonder sometimes what's right and what's wrong. And you know, your safety is never wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let's just let's start with that one. But the thing too is, is you know, when you go to the side effects, the kids, there are a few that have chances to go on and get major get full scholarships. Now some can get other ones, but and so that number that number though isn't as big as all those other kids. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you understand what I'm saying? And and so that they they'll 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 I think they'll do the right thing for what's what's right for the for the players, for the people and and for those players to play their senior year. And then be able to go play maybe their best sport, baseball, or something like that. Those guys are going to play in the fall, in the spring, or move it up. Mm-hmm. They aren't going to have a chance to play baseball. And there will be a lot of guys that are on the football team that are better baseball players who are looking at baseball scholarships that are going to be off that football team. I mean, if baseball season's going at the same time. And track and all these other things you're stepping on, it's... Uh, it's a, it's a hard thing to do, and especially in high school. College, you can say, hey, you've got your next year, you, you're still eligible. Well, a lot of players haven't finished their degree, so it gives them another, what, another year, another semester in school, you know, to get that, that thing cleared up for sure and still have a chance to go to the NFL. Charlie, in your mind, how is it, how important is it to go out and, and watch guys in person? I know with California canceling games, you can still look at the film from last year, but do you think it's important right. to get out and, and see a guy in person before he joins the team? Yeah, and I'll tell you what. Uh, that, uh, to me, that's really important because his reaction away from that film is important and how he, how he is with his teammates, how he, how he is with his coaches. You know, when he plays the game, what kind of, you know, person is he when he plays? A, what is, you know, a, a, just the thing that the things that you don't see on film. Uh, I mean, you can tell a kid, you know, the athletic ability isn't hard to find, but sometimes you want to know what kind of person he is and, you know, what kind of a leader he is and so on and so forth. And that is really, really important. And I personally, I didn't get a lot of it, but I, I personally like other coaches to see them too, you know, and, and get their opinion of, of what they see. I think it's really important that you do that. And I don't know how many, you know, I, I don't know what Scott does exactly, but I know a lot of the Nebraska coaches are involved in recruiting, and I really think that's important. You know, I think you got one guy's opinion is – probably not a good deal. I remember when I was coordinator, you know, everybody says, well, you're the defensive coordinator. You're going to make all the decisions. Well, if I made all the decisions, 
I don't know where we'd be, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but I think it's important, that, you know, like four heads are better than one. I'm going to tell you that right now. And and so it it takes it, it takes a crew. It doesn't take, you know, one guy. I remember John come in and said, you don't have to look at the film. The guy can play. Hmm. Well, I said, okay. And that guy was Roger Craig. <laughs> then he goes out <laughs> He gets another guy who comes in, and he didn't even give the film. He wasn't even going to give the, the recruiting coordinator the film. You know, he said, this guy can play, and so on and so forth. You know, he, would, he, he, would, he was as good an evaluator as I've ever seen, you know, as, as an individual. And, you know, and I, I, I had confidence in doing some of it because I felt like I could tell a personality of a kid by talking to him pretty good. You know, after a couple of times, and I think that's one thing a lot of coaches have, you know, the uh, the ability to find out if they're really a true blue guy that will work hard and do the things you want to do. And at the time, we were winning and doing the things that kids wanted to be part of. So, you know, it was it was a little easier. Now it's, you know, now they're really, you know, you got to really dig, dig a ditch to get a kid. Mm-hmm. Because you're just not there yet, but uh, Scott's got a good enough reputation, and and the coaches, from what I can see, are very personal people, and and that's that's super important. And I remember Coach Osborne telling me the first day I came in there, sat me down and says, "Number one, you're a recruiter. Number two, you're a football coach," and. And recruiting was the number one thing that he he did. I know, you know, you lost a, a, a Boyd Epley retired, and, mm-hmm. and and I I will say this: he was one of the best recruiters I've been around. You know, he was uh, he was innovative. He uh, was able to talk to the families, and he was doing things on computers and showing kids stuff. And I remember kids saying to me, "I'm going to Nebraska because of their weight program." And you know, I think that that was that was a, a big selling point too. So. Coach, I uh, want to get your thoughts about a minute left, and it's it's fantastic to chat with you today. What do you think of Spielman to TCU? I think he he put a really nice thank you note out to Nebraskans uh, as he left, and uh, about a day or so ago, and. Uh, TCU looks like a pretty good fit for his style. Do you think Spielman can do well down there? Yeah, I think he can. I think I think he will. I I really felt bad for him. There's something there that we all don't know about, and maybe mm-hmm. never will. And that you know that the reason why he really did leave. You know, I mean, I don't know that some of the medical things. I mean, he's farther away from home now than he ever was. Yeah. You know, so that that part of the thing, uh, I I don't know. Uh, you know what led him to that but i do know one thing the kid's an athlete and he's a good one and he's uh you know that if you put one thing he didn't do he wasn't a great blocker mm-hmm. big deal you know i mean but if he scores and leads the team in scoring and and when he's in the game you know and uh that you better get ready to play because they can play him in different positions and stuff like that so I think that was that's an important part of, of what he did. And he'll do well. Charlie McBride's with us. Coach, enjoy the, uh, the, the, the pleasant temperatures up on the lake. 
and uh, excited oh, yeah. to, to chat with you next week. All right. Okay, I'll be here. All I right. hope. <laughs> Coach, you take care. We'll see you soon. Okay, thanks for having me. Bye. Appreciate you. There he is, Mr. Blackshirt himself, Charlie McBride. I'll be here. I hope he always leaves it like that. <laughs> yeah, he's he's good stuff. And yeah, he's the old John John Melton was hilarious. Tough, tough linebacker coach for Nebraska came with Devaney. But just just a BSer in a great way. And John Melton was a heck of a an evaluator. He's pretty good. Yeah, don't watch the film. His name's Roger Craig. Should be an NFL Hall of Famer. And now. And now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Stu, Charlie McBride for joining us. Uh, last segment, Mondays with Charlie, Nebraska's legendary defensive coordinator. We welcome in a uh, decorated Navy SEAL and uh, part of SEAL Team One. A graduate of the Elite SEAL Sniper School and uh, part of Spike TV's Surviving Disaster, a podcast that drops tomorrow. Can you survive this podcast uh, veteran Cade Courtley is with us on Hale Varsity Radio. Cade, it's wonderful to chat with you again. Thanks for a few minutes. How are you? I'm doing great. How was your day, Chris? It's good, man. It's good. Talking a little sports now. I know we chatted earlier over on uh, KFOR. And Cade, uh, give folks the the info on you, your service, and thanks for your service to our country Give us, my listeners, your background and what is happening tomorrow with your podcast. Absolutely. I appreciate the time. Yeah, um, I tell you what, being a, uh, being a Navy SEAL is the best job in the world. I'd do over again in a second if I could. I uh, spent nine years active duty. I was platoon commander, uh, assistant platoon commander at SEAL Team 2, platoon commander at SEAL Team 1. I uh, was lucky enough to be one of the very few officers that got to go to sniper school. And, uh, again, I just uh, I love that time uh, in my life. It was incredible. Um, I got out a couple months before 9-11. When that went down, I wanted back in for payback, just about like every other American. And uh, that's when I uh, decided I was going to go to work as a security contractor for the agency. And that involved multiple deployments over to Iraq, Afghanistan. And so I guess how did I end up in the survival space? Well, I survived, number one, but I learned a hell of a lot, not only training, but personal experiences. And that's all come together in Can You Survive This Podcast, which launches tomorrow with none other than our first guest, former Navy SEAL Rob O'Neill, who made Osama bin Laden go away. And it's an incredible interview. He talks about a ton of stuff I didn't even know about. And uh, I think uh, I think you folks are going to love it. Kid Courtley is with us, and can you survive this podcast? It drops tomorrow. Uh, I know there's a lot of folks that love podcasts. This needs to be subscribed to, downloaded, and listened to. Cade, you have done the the work on the ground. You've done the work uh, in the booth. And I want to focus on episode one tomorrow. We'll zoom out here shortly on some of the other uh, episodes that folks can check out from you, Cade Courtley. Can you survive this podcast? But with Rob O'Neill, uh, part of SEAL Team 6, um, a little bit, not to give it away clearly, but just as far as that that moment, that, that mission that, that Mr. O'Neill was a part of, uh, I, I would 
it's probably hard to put into words yet he was able to do it with you. What was that experience like? What, what are folks going to hear tomorrow? Again, they are going to hear uh, stuff that they haven't read about in books or seen in movies coming directly from the guy who was there that pulled the trigger. And Rob, I mean, the cool thing about Rob, you know, he, he's a very humble and very friendly guy, number one, but he'll admit that he just happened to be that guy that was in the right place at the right time. And it goes back to when he went into a Marine recruiting office and the recruiter was at lunch and the Navy recruiter who was right next door saw him. He's like, hey, come on in here. And because that guy was out to lunch, it changed his life in the course of a lot of folks' lives around the world. It just, it's crazy, and it continues on from there. Before Rob ever pulled the trigger dropping bin Laden, he was involved in so many other high-profile missions. Captain Phillips' mission, Operation Red Wings, Bo Bertal. He, he admits, he said, look, somebody called me the Forrest Gump of the Navy because I just always was there. And then he added, oh, but I can't run as fast and I'm not as good looking. So that's what you're going to get from tomorrow's interview. It's incredible. Gade Courtley, can you survive uh, this podcast drops tomorrow? Uh, his first guest, uh, Cade's first guest is uh, Seal Rob O'Neill. Cade Courtley, a former Seal himself and uh, Seal trainer. So you go beyond uh, military missions and military people, Cade who else is going to show up on your podcast? Can you survive this podcast? What else do you get into? Well, I, I tell you what, I'm lucky to have an incredible team that I'm working with on this. And one of the best things about what we've got going on is the diversity of our guests. Uh, yes, Rob O'Neill, former Navy SEAL. But we also are going to have Adam Carolla who's oh, going to cool. come in. We're going to have Neil deGrasse uh, Tyson. He's going to be an you know, astrophysicist. So it's not just military guys telling military stories. And the really fun thing about some of those other guests who haven't necessarily lived in a life or death situation is we will put them in a hypothetical survival situation and we will see how they do. It's kind of like the old choose your own adventure books. Well, like, okay, are you going to choose A or B? Was that right or was that wrong? We will give them points. And the great thing about this is a lot of our guests are getting really competitive. Like, what did so-and-so get? Well, they got an 80. Ugh. All right, let's go. You know, so we're having a lot of fun. At the end of the day, folks, we're entertaining, we're educating, and we're saving lives. And so could anything be more timely right now than can you survive this podcast? Cade Courtley is with us on Hale Varsity Radio. So there are different scenarios you put people into, and one that, that jumps to my mind, and it was on, you mentioned Forrest Gump. Of course, Tom Hanks was in that. I would have been done, man, if I if I was Tom Hanks in Castaway. But uh, there's a situation that you get into with uh, a guest. I w- I think where, all right, what do you do if if you're uh, you're in that situation? You're on a desert I- deserted island in the middle of of the Pacific. Well, it's funny you mention that. I am getting ready to put a four star general tomorrow in an interview Ooh. through that exact same scenario. This guy is a incredible combat veteran, Air Force pilot, been there, done that, seen it all. Okay, sir, what are you going to do when you crash land? You swim to this remote island, and we put him through the test. It's going to be kind of funny. I, I'm just a lieutenant. I'm putting a four-star general through, <laughs> and if he makes a mistake, I'm going to have to figure out how I say, well, 
general, maybe that's not the best idea. <laughs> so it'll be interesting, but it's going to be a hell of a lot of fun, and that's what we're going to be bringing every week with Can You Survive This Podcast. Cade, while we're on the topic of movies, uh, I'm a, a movie buff myself. I love Saving Private Ryan, Jarhead, a lot of classic war movies. Are, are there any movies that you've seen that you thought, wow, that's the most realistic depiction of war I've ever seen? Um, I tell you what, the opening sequence in Saving Private Ryan, I do not think you could have done it any better from the perspective of somebody that was on the beaches in Normandy. I thought that was incredible, and how Spielberg didn't win an Oscar for that movie is just kind of atrocious, but it's a lot of politics when it comes to that. I thought that was incredible. Uh, you know, I've seen some other ones uh, that have, you know, have really gone out of their way to hit it as hard as they can, like American Sniper. Obviously, anything that has Clint Eastwood's name on it, you know is going to be outstanding. Cade Courtley is with us on Hale Varsity. Can you survive this podcast? It drops tomorrow. Cade, where, I mean, obviously iTunes and, and Apple is, is where you can go, but most podcast platforms, Google Play, Spotify, I assume your, your show is going to be on all the the majors exactly we're, we're going wide on all platforms so again uh apple itunes spotify google podcast or wherever you get yours you will find it just simply search can you survive this podcast folks last thought here and, and cade courtley navy seal with us now host uh for his podcast can you survive this podcast you've also done uh surviving disaster you're a best-selling author Tell me a little bit about your, your book, A Seal Survival Guide. Uh, with with your, your literature, w- was that something that, that helped you get to this point now to do podcasting? I know you've done TV, and, and you've, you've done, uh, obviously, you're an author. Now you're getting into the podcast world. That's a, that's a pretty sweet trifecta. Well, I tell you what, it's all, you know, it's all built on each, itself from my day one of SEAL training to my deployments, working with the agency, doing the TV series, writing the book is all built up to what I think is an incredible platform for 2020 that anybody can access. It's free. And back to your original question, why did I write the book? I wanted to put something out there. Not that, okay, I'm a Navy SEAL and I can get through this. I wanted information, valuable information for the average person so they could read it, learn it, and basically use it. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing better than getting emails. And I've gotten several of them. One that comes to mind, uh, a lady several years ago said, hey, I read your book. I was in a high-rise fire. I did everything you said in the book, and I got 13 of my employees out alive. Wow, That's a hell of a lot more gratifying than any paycheck, I can tell you that. Kate, I know we said last stop, but I got one more question for you because this is a, a Husker Athletics radio show, and the Huskers actually have a former Navy SEAL on their football roster in Damian Jackson. Uh, have you heard anything about him? And then as a follow-up to that, uh, I mean, Navy SEAL to football, is there any sort of connection there, I guess? is it? Uh, do you think Navy SEAL training would prepare you for a life of college football? I mean, absolutely. All we deal with in the SEAL teams and everything, the only thing that gets you through SEAL training is you create and understand a complete team environment. It's not about me. It's about the entire team. And then the mental and physical toughness is kind of a no-brainer, which is a great application for football. But even more than that, it's a never-quit attitude. I hope those guys literally just try and sponge as much of that attitude and knowledge out that individual as they can. It will do nothing but help them and help that team.
Cade, wonderful to chat with you. Thanks uh, for your time, uh, continued success, and I can't wait to hear the podcast tomorrow and many more weeks to come. Thanks for joining us today on Hale Varsity. Thank you so much for your time, Chris. I really appreciate it. Have a great week. You too. Cade Courtley with us on Hale Varsity uh, Navy SEAL and uh, host. Can you survive this podcast if you're looking for something to tune into? Check that out. It'll drop tomorrow again. Uh, Cade Courtley uh, was the is a decorated uh, Navy SEAL platoon commander. Uh, SEAL Team One graduated the Elite SEAL Sniper School and uh, spent uh, time as a contractor, also working for the CIA. And his first guest uh, tomorrow, the man who got Bin Laden, part of SEAL Team Six, Rob O'Neill. So I can't wait to, to download that thing tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, and what was interesting to me was like, were they going to put them in these like fake survival scenarios? I wish they'd put them in some like. I think they're. I think they're real survival scenarios. But what door are you choosing, and does that end you? I mean, I wish they'd like put them in like a room full of rattlesnakes or something, like actual life or death. Like, see, you know, there's <laughs> there's waivers and insurance and <laughs> issues. Yeah, like that, that. that'd be a whole thing, wouldn't it? But no, the the chat he's going to have with a four-star general on the old uh, castaway situation where your plane goes down in the middle of the ocean. Worst case scenario, how do you survive it? So that's the, the point of the podcast. And uh, big thanks to Cade Courtley, his guest Rob O'Neill, the guy who got Bin Laden. Uh, can you survive this podcast? Check it out tomorrow. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Big thanks to Cade Courtley, Navy SEAL, for joining this last segment. Charlie McBride in Hour 1. Marquise Buford, newest verbal commit for Nebraska. Greg Smith also. So lots of folks popping by today. Uh, The NFL and players have agreed to daily COVID-19 testing for the first two weeks of training camp. And there there was a lot of outcry and input from various NFL folks on social media over the weekend about, yeah, we want to get back to it. We want to play ball, but it's got to be safe. And I saw some Twitter thoughts by our our buddy and, and Searles earlier today about the fact that things may get whittled down to one preseason game. So if you're an undrafted free agent or a late round guy, you know, does the NFL expand their their roster this season? Does the NFL expand a practice squad? Because if you don't have preseason games, it's hard for late round guys or undrafted dudes to make the squad. Now they do fifth round and beyond fourth round and beyond. And that's how you can be the Seahawks. Okay. Of, of, of Super Bowl, whatever it was when they, uh, when they won. I mean, I'm as a Broncos fan, I think back to two seasons ago, 
when Philip Lindsay was an undrafted free agent for the Broncos. And even throughout week one of the preseason, he was barely getting any touches. And then he had a, a really good fourth quarter at the end of that first preseason game. And then come preseason week two, he was the second choice back, essentially, getting catches or touches in the second and third quarter. Uh, and then by the end of preseason, it was, well, this guy's going to be getting time week one. It was called a, a steal, <laughs> getting Lindsey as an undrafted free guy. But he needed that preseason. He did. And you need to see it. And you need it's a dollars and cents thing for sure. But can the guy play? And yeah, I mean, it's it. it the price has got to be right. And you, I mean, you look at Richard Sherman; he's a fifth round guy. You get Russell Wilson in the third round. You trade for Marshawn Lynch, and I'm I'm going back to Seattle's construction of that Legion of Boom. Seattle's not done well traditionally with their first round picks, but man, there was a period in time where third through seventh round. They, they got some dudes. Now, they didn't end up paying all of the boom to stay together, which is too bad for Seahawks fans, but you, you still got Russell. Uh, I'm interested to see, because you've got the, the Davis twins that are both late-round guys. you got Lamar Jackson that I'm thinking about, and you got uh, – uh, help me out here. Big old number 79. Oh, Darian Daniels. Darian, thank you. I was going to go Damian. Damian, yeah. Damian Snacks is still here. So the good news is the NFL and, and the Players Association, they've agreed. Uh, when it comes to a team and a player, once a team gets to the facility for the first time, players and team employees got to be required to test negative twice uh, before being allowed in. Basically, you show up day one, take a test, you go home. You wait 72 hours before taking a second test. If both tests are negative, you're good to get into the building and you can go work on day five. So that's nice. Uh, Oklahoma has put out some recent testing results. Notre Dame has put out some recent testing results. Iowa's out there with some testing results. So things are more transparent. That's good. What happens with Major League Baseball? I know there's preseason going on. The Royals are on tonight. I'm excited for Sat for Friday with Major League Baseball getting underway. Yeah, that'll be nice. Toronto's been shut down. So what happens with the Blue Jays? Can they find their way to Omaha? That'd be awesome. More likely, they'll head to Buffalo and play ball. Yeah, and the problem I saw with Buffalo was that it currently doesn't have the lighting that the, the TV <laughs> needs and that players would need to be up to like MLB code. So that's why the thought of, oh, maybe Omaha will have that. But then you also have the fact that Toronto and Omaha aren't that close. And you got to think that they're going to try to stay regional with that. But Just move them on in. Fauci's throwing out the opener for the Nationals. That's all right. Um, let's hear from Stephen Adams, one of my favorite uh, players for the OKC Thunder. He was doing an interview and someone was asking him, dude, is is the, the bubble pretty tough to deal with and despite there being a a shortage of of weed and women in the nba potentially down in disney guys are coping they're making do with it steven adams are uh or doug as he was nicknamed by junior and mama and uncle andy he said well he looks like his name's doug not steven yeah, he's a guy. He just his he's voice, awesome. His voice looks nothing like, or sounds nothing like you'd expect it to. He looks like this big, like Eastern European dude. And he's an Australian. You expect him to be gravelly and yeah, right. But no, he's he's uh, 
says mate a few times, but this is a pretty good response. Uh, it's all good, mate. Um, let's, get, let's be clear, mate. This, this is not Syria, mate. You know what I mean? Like it's, not, <laughs> it's not that hard. It's not that difficult, mate. You know what I mean? It's, we're living in a bloody resort, you know. Do you, want, do you want the rest of it, too? That I want was, all of it. This is not Syria, mate. <laughs> We're living in a bloody resort. That is the purest, best picture dose of reality I've heard for a long time in the NBA. This was awesome. This was hilarious. Let me hear the Syria part one more time. It's not that hard. It's not that difficult, but yeah, I mean, it's... Oh, I need to go back further. We're living in a bloody resort. <laughs> Just overall, your thoughts on life inside the bubble right now. The bubble. Uh, it's all good, mate. Um, let's, get, let's be clear, mate. This, this is not Syria, mate. You know? I mean, he makes a great point. <laughs> he really does. No, like, I know, but the way he's like, look, we're not in the Middle East. People don't hate me. I mean, you see these, like, all these NBA players are just out fishing all weekend. And, yeah, I mean... Obviously, it'd, it'd be sucked to be cooped up in one place, but it's Disney World. It's if you a, told 10-year-old It's a me, bloody resort, Exactly. Mate. Exactly. I don't think anyone would be mad if you said, hey, for the next month, you got to go live and work in Disney World and do whatever you want in your spare time in Disney World. As long as I don't World. have to put the goofy costume on. <laughs> Heat stroke out. Uh, I actually know a couple of people who went and interned down in Disney World, and they wore the, uh, the costumes. Dude, did they just hate it? <laughs> um... Sort of yes, sort of no. I, I, on one hand, yes. Is it really the happiest place on earth? Not for the workers, I don't think. But oh, no. uh, what what did, the, what did a did he get paid to be or he or she get paid to be an intern? Uh, I don't think yes and no. So they had like multiple jobs there. Is a they were like working as doing their like they their were Goofy job, or right? Minnie or Mickey, and or then they also had their more Dumbo. professional college internship that they were doing part time. So I believe they got paid for the the costumes part but not the other half of the internship or other way around something like that that's hazard pay legit i mean it, you're, you're wearing a, a athlete you're wearing a, a mascot uniform and you got to be happy and cheery because <laughs> you know the little four-year-old will be scarred for life if, if they see uh mickey or minnie putting out a cigarette on break in uniform well i mean do th- you know that disney world's got like all the tunnels underneath and that's where all the uh that's where they go smoke all their cigarettes. Oh, so they, they so they can't be seen. That, that's how they get across the park so quick, because they have all the tunnels underneath, and they have like quick little little ways to get across the they park. Have, they have escape routes. Yeah. <laughs> we'll wind down a Monday. Hail Varsity continues, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time this Monday, loaded up tomorrow, Bill Bender Sporting News, Mitch Sherman tomorrow. Marquise Buford was on earlier today. Cade Courtley, uh, Navy SEAL, uh, part of SEAL Team One, and his podcast, Can You Survive This Podcast? Uh, something you want to check out, get educated, get entertained. Coach McBride and Greg Smith, so a full day today. You can join us, 466 
5865. Those are the numbers to get in. Email chris at hailvarsity.com and give us a follow on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio for Chris Schmidt at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. And always get locked in with uh, at Hale Varsity and, and at ESPN Lincoln. So, Junior's baseball team went two and one. Uh, they got eliminated Saturday. You umped on Saturday when it was 170 degrees outside, and you've survived that. But how much water did you go through? Did you get a little irritable? Did the strike zone expand? And if you say yes to all three, that's okay. Um, I don't know if I'd say this. Um, okay, so what baseball in Lincoln's doing is a little different than everywhere else is this year uh, to be COVID safe. The home plate umpire, uh, at least in like select you're by baseball, the pitcher, by the pitcher. Yeah. So I've been doing so much high school where you're still behind the plate that that was a little getting used to. But I, don't, I think I had a good strike zone. That was back out Sunday. My my big drama of the weekend uh, was on Sunday whenever the game finished up and I got my paycheck. They had the wrong name on the paycheck. Mm. So I said. Uh, I'm not sure what I can do with this. Uh, and they said, oh, we'll just, we'll just cross out that other name and write in your name. Uh, and the bank didn't like that this morning, so I got to go try to get a new paycheck now. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 was, I was doubtful. But like, oh, we've done this before, and it's worked out fine. And I'm like, <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I, I don't work at a bank, but I, if I worked at a bank, so I wouldn't accept did, this. Do you have deposit like on your phone? Could you have tried it that way? I could have, I guess. Now that you bring that up, that probably may have been the way to go. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that... Do you think they have more or less security with that? I don't know. I'm Great not, question. not a banking expert. Neither am I. I wonder if somebody would look more like... With a giant like X, like someone misspells citizens like in the movie Departed. <laughs> Well, I mean, the thing was, it was like, it was a, one a of red those, flag. It was one of those printed checks where, like, it's been, like, printed out on a printer, not just handwritten. So what, what, did, what did they call you? What you lie? Uh, no, it's somebody completely different's name, like, not even my name. I think there was, there was a lot of late switching with umpires around the city this weekend, but that was one where I was just like. So do you get guff from the high school kids? What do you mean? Like. Well, when you make a bad call. I don't make bad calls when you're the when you're the same <laughs> you're you're like three years older than them maybe two years older than them in some instances uh, does, the, does the youth get disrespected that's why i grew the mustache but no i wouldn't say so i, I think <laughs> that there's creeps out their little brother <laughs> there's there's like a clear like ah you're a player there's an umpire there's a clear just respect there i had uh one of my catchers this weekend uh not gonna mention a team or a level or anything like that uh so no no identifying but he he there was one that he really didn't like. Did, uh, he, draw, he, did he draw a line outside of the place? This is where this bleeping ball no, crossed blue. It, it was the catcher, and I called it a ball, and he just framed that thing and held it there for... Uh, so he held it there for like three beats. Oh, maybe five. That's it, hilarious. It, it was one of those ones where I had to say, all right, man, that was outside. Like, I can see what you're doing here. <laughs> it was outside, though. <laughs> you're just going to draw a line. This is where this ball crossed. It was a ball. All right, we'll talk to you tomorrow at 4. Thanks for tuning in to Hale Varsity.